Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lounge J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. So I was going to talk about this segment I had I had set to talk about over over the weekend how information came out that the to to counterpunch the SEC's decision to to bring in Texas and Oklahoma Texas you're going to find out UT that being Alabama's concubine isn't a lot of fun ask Auburn what that feels like ask ask Ampersand University Texas A&M, ask them what it feels like to get beat 51 to 17 every single year by Alabama. So you're going into what would be some type of reconfigured SEC West. And you're going to get rolled by Alabama. Then you're going to get rolled by Auburn and LSU two out of every three years. Oklahoma, Oklahoma is good enough to, to compete with Alabama on a perennial basis. Alabama is better. But Oklahoma can compete. Texas can't compete. But I'm not going to talk about that. Because what's going on in the crisis of, of Afghanistan is much more important. So I was going to I was going to go and talk about how the Big Ten and the ACC and the Pac-12 are going to join up and how the Pac-12 sucks and how I used to cover Pac-12 football on KDUS. In Phoenix, Arizona, and how the Pac-12 really doesn't have much to bring to the table at all. I was going to talk about that. I was going to pontificate about that. But I'm not going to pontificate about that. What's going on in the world is much more important. If you've seen the images in Afghanistan, in Kabul, you see the images of a plane, a United States military plane leaving Kabul. And Afghanis storming the tarmac, trying to hitch a ride on the plane. It's 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 bone chilling to see that you you get you get conjured shades of nine eleven, where we saw people falling or jumping out of buildings at the World Trade Center because they didn't they had the choice to either jump or be engulfed by fire. You saw people falling off of planes. That that plane had to be 2500 feet in the air, 3000 feet in the air. You saw people falling off planes. You know how desperate someone has to be to get out of a, a bad situation to try to hitch a ride on a plane just climbing on the wing or climbing in the wheel well and just hoping that they could hang on for dear life. That, that, that takes desperation. That also takes a lack of education. Any of us know if you're on a plane and you could get to as high as the plane is growing, you wouldn't be able to breathe anyway. So you'd fall anyway because you'd stop breathing and you, and you'd pass out. But those scenes are, are terrible to watch Terrible human rights issues. Just awful, 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 awful. And I'm watching the other night. 
Don Don Lemon at CNN is a is a real mofo because Don Lemon, who actually ripped President Biden, which you never see anyone from CNN rip President Biden or or really anyone from the left. Even Don Lemon ripped President Biden and was going in on him. And this is where I, I Don Lemon parts ways with me. I don't want to say that I think he's a hack, but I think he's a hack. Don Lemon goes into this whole spiel about, hey, we're not going to show people falling off the plane in Afghanistan because it's disrespectful. Oh, but we're going to show it from nine different angles while I'm telling you that we're not going to show it. They actually did like NFL films with Steve Sable and John Facenda. They they put the shadow and circle on the person falling. So it's kind of like it's kind of like when John Facenda is talking about the doomsday defense in Dallas and he says Ed Tootall Jones. And they put a circle on Ed Tootall Jones as he comes off the edge and strip sacks Craig Morton in the Super Bowl, they showed it from like 19 different angles. The guy falling off the plane. It's like Joe Theismann when he broke his leg. And they're like, oh, this is too gruesome to show. But we're going to show it from the 13th angle. This is where the, the compound fracture actually pops out the leg. Do you, do you see it? Do you see it, Pat? Well, you know, John. So CNN... <laughs> CNN actually has something to talk about. I, I told you the CNN, they've been rooting secretly in their, in their, in my opinion, this is my opinion. I don't want to get sued. They've been secretly rooting, in my opinion, for the Delta variant to run rapid across the United States so they can have something to talk about. Because they don't have their, they don't have the goose that laid the golden egg. I might detest President Trump and his toupee and his three wives and his pathological lies and his porous vocabulary. But he was good for ratings. He was CNN's cash cow. The 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 twenty four hour Trump hating spectrum was fantastic for CNN. Don Lemon, Chris Como, they've they've they have built additional wings and pools and tennis courts at their homes because of Donald Trump. They should be sending President Trump a bottle. I'm not a drinker. Whatever expensive stuff people drink. Is it Crystal? Is it Dom Perignon? I don't know. I don't drink. I don't know anything about it. I've literally, I've never had alcohol in my life. But Joe Biden early in the week, Joe Biden looked, he looked in over his head. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was looking at Joe Biden. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be disrespectful and, and go Hannity and make fun of him and call him Dementia Joe and Sleepy Joe and all of that stuff. I'm not doing that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm performing a personal eyeball test just like i said hey i don't know if hillary clinton is a warm enough person to be president she's gonna have some problems and i said hey i don't know if kamala harris is warm enough to be president she kind of comes off as kind of a jerk it's a popularity contest you can be a jerk to your enemies because they're not gonna vote for you anyway but you can't be a jerk to independent voters and you can't be a jerk to your allies. I want Kamala Harris to be president of the United States. And if I think that she's a jerk, that's not good. You don't want to come off bad to the people that are going to pull the lever for you. That said, 
Joe Biden looks, he looks like he's aged five or six years in the last five or six months. He looks really, really worn down. He looks physically beaten down. I know that he's in good shape. He's in much better shape physically than Donald Trump. But he looks bad. He looks tired. He looks worn out. He, he looks real close to tapping out. And that speech that he did earlier in the week where he doubled down on his decision to pull out of Afghanistan, which I agree with the decision. This isn't Joe Biden's fault. This Afghanistan issue has been bubbling since Bush and it went into the Obama administration. Then it went into the Trump administration. And then Biden is the one that decided to pull out. Well, were we supposed to stay in Afghanistan in perpetuity? Are we supposed to be there for 100 years? We're supposed to be there until Christ comes or the asteroid that's scheduled to hit the earth in 2100 knocks out what's left of society, what COVID-19 or COVID-22 or COVID-36 hasn't finished off. I don't blame Biden for this. It's a tough decision. He made the decision, but it basically immediately backfired. As soon as the U.S. troops start pulling out of Afghanistan, Taliban back in office. You see pictures of Taliban in whatever the equivalency is of the House of Representatives Capitol building. They're there posted up gats, turbans, sandals, feet on desk. Remind me a lot of the Duck Dynasty Viking helmet wearing characters that had the Trump flags that took over Pelosi's office. Really the same. It's the same energy. It's the same vitriol. It's the same. Those people, they're cut from the same cloth. So if you want to call them terrorists, those people that, were, that, were, that wanted to hang Vice President Pence, those people are terrorists too. I feel bad for Biden. He looked like he was in over his head. He really looked like he was ready to tap out. He really looked like... He didn't. Sometimes you want to you want to be president. You want to be leader of the free world. I know that people like The Rock. He wants to give the people's elbow to Vladimir Putin. In theory, being the leader of the free world is a great job to have. It's a it's a great opportunity. You're the man or the woman. Your fingers on the button. You got the nuclear codes. You got Air Force One. You get to do whatever you want to do. But the truth of the matter is, in 2021. I don't know if being the president of the United States is all that great of a job. I wouldn't want to do it. I'm definitely not smart enough to do it, but if I was, I wouldn't want to do it. You think that I want to live in, as Dave Chappelle said, that Scooby-Doo White House? You think I want to live there? You think I want to be stuck, not able to drive my own whip, not be able to go out and do whatever I want? And then I got to deal with either Fox News or CNN ripping me 24 hours a day, talking about my family, talking about my kids, talking about my parents, talking about any parking ticket or missed credit card payment that I had 30 years ago to create the case that, that, that I'm an evil reptilian. I got idiots on YouTube saying that I'm some type of Masonic reptilian shapeshifter. I, I wouldn't want to do that. I look, at, I look at Barack Obama. People are mad at Obama. Him and Michelle, they out on Martha's Vineyard living their best life. A lot of presidents, after their president, they I thought he was going to go back to Chicago, build a library, and broker peace on the south side of Chicago. 
tell all the gangs to unite, stop shooting each other, killing each other. It's like, nah, man, F that. I'm going to Martha's Vineyard. I'm going as far away as I can go from the rest of society. And I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw parties and I'm going to disinvite Stephen Colbert and Larry David because you're not on the A-plus list. You're on the A-list, but you got to be on the A-plus list to get into my party. So if you're Beyonce and Hove, yeah, y'all come. Y'all come kick it with Obeezy. If you're Rihanna, yeah, you can come kick it with Obeezy. If you're Stephen Colbert and David Letterman, ah, you're not that. You're not important enough. Obama gives zero bleeps. He's got the nine-figure, him and Michelle got a nine-figure Netflix deal. They got the crib in, in Martha's Vineyard. Daughters are both smoke shows, going to college. He's sitting back right now puffing a J, drinking a shot of Crown Royal. That's what, that's what, that's what President Obama's doing right now. He's got, he's got, He's got a he's got a peach optimal sport in his mouth right now and 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 a drink in hand and he's he's doing him and him and Michelle are, are are doing them. President Obama's not coming back to save us. I was never a big fan of Obama's foreign policy anyway. I agree with the Fox News crowd that said that he bowed down to to Islamic terrorists. And I'm not saying all people that embrace Islam or terrorists. I'm talking about the people that say, yeah, we bombed you. We hate you. We hate your guts. I didn't love his foreign policy. I actually liked Trump's foreign policy better than I liked Obama's. I didn't like the fact that Trump pushed, I think it was the French president out the way in a photo op so he could take a picture, but he's just a terrible, reprehensible human being. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Biden, I think Biden had a come to Jesus moment earlier this week where it's just like, I don't know if I want to do this for, for, for eight years. And I don't even know if he's going to make it for four years. I don't, I don't blame him for what's going on, but I feel bad for him because he's in a lose, lose situation. If you put troops back in there, you look weak. If you pull the troops out and Afghanistan becomes, you know, you're bringing back the, the burqas, and the, the face coverings for women, then it becomes a human rights disaster. Either way, President Biden's going to get blamed. And like I said, I, I wouldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't give me the President of the United States job. I'd be like, yo, yo, son, I'm just going to ride it out with Paragon 7 Studios, man. I think, I think I'm good, man. You know, I, think, I think I'm going to go back to, to running a health plan. <laughs> You know, I'm going to I'm going to teach fourth grade English. I'm going to I'm going to open up a subway or a Penn Station or something like that. But I don't want to be the president of the United States. Too much stress, too much aging. It's a thankless job. I only make 400 grand. People make a lot more money than being a POTUS having their own successful business. Paragon 7 Studios. You are done. Fired. Do not show your face at the laundry again. Stay away from Pinkman. Do not go near him. Ever. Are you listening to me? Or else you'll do what? What did you say? Stay away from Pinkman. 
Yes, you do. What? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Black women are fierce, brilliant, courageous, dope. Black women are making a difference, making history, and changing the world. I think about all of the Black women who have showed up to fight for justice. We are starting to finally accept all of the skills and talents a woman can bring to the table. Urban One, thank you. This one is so special. This is your boy Rampage, first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Learn more about group insurance benefits with Engagement Health. Call to speak to an advisor today at 832-219-5829. Tell him that the Flatbush King sent you. He's the paragon of sports talk excellence. The Heisenberg of broadcast radio. The Wolf of Wall Street. You are listening to James Lewis III, host of the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon. 7, Seven. Oh, Studios. Trying to bring to the kids, the young generation. Yo, what's the deal, bro? Charlie Brown. Yo, what's the deal, Charlie? I don't know what the deal is. You have to ask my partner, then go dig. Yo, yo, tell us, dig. Tell us, dig. Confusion, G.I. Oh, what's up? Hey, oh, man. It's just another case of that OPTA. Oh, man. The school, I wrote notes to quote some Shakespeare and other types of rhymes to show you that I care. Yeah. For things like together forever to you're my only one. Only one. one. Special, I could say it was a loving one. You would say someone's knocking out my window. Knock, knock. Someone's ringing my bell. Ding dong. It's about two in the morning. Yo, geez, what the hell's going on? It's just another case of that OPTA. But nevertheless, it goes to show my potential. And even though I love I be pulling out, I be pulling out stuff. This. You haven't heard this in a long time. Shout out to my man Rampage. It's kind of a, a de facto other other adjacent person to, to LONS. Leaders of New School was my was my favorite group growing up. They're in a tribe called Quest, the whole native tongues. I love LONS. They were not they're not that much older than me. They're maybe three or four years ahead of me. So they were they were talking about going through high school and getting signed and all of that stuff. And I was in eighth grade, ninth grade. And then Buster Rhymes went solo. He did. When, he, when you, when, uh, it was like on the, the Tribe Called Quest documentary, on a scenario, when he said powerful impact, boom from the cannon, that was game over. He was going solo. He was doing his own thing. And then Buster Rhymes went to be one of the, the best MCs in the history of the game, one of the most prolific, the king of the feature, the true king of the feature is is Busta Rhymes who put out a fantastic album last year who I which I gave very very high marks to but LNS Future Without a Past classic album in my opinion the Time album a little bit darker I didn't love that they put the skulls on the on the on the on the cover that that looked like they was getting into some old different type of of uh 
consciousness of man stuff that I don't really like talking about on terrestrial radio. But Time was a well-produced album. Time was a very, very well-produced album. They had a lot of decent songs in there. So LNS, I know that they broke up on Yo! MTV Raps. That was embarrassing. That wasn't great. My understanding, I got a lot of stories on LNS that I can't tell because Rampage just says stuff to me off air and I would never put those stories out. But very interesting group, talented brothers. Dico D's been on the show. So, so, so shout out to, to LNS. Earlier in the week, and before I get into this story, I'm going to preface it by saying that I love Naomi Osaka. I love her. 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 First of all, she's a beast on the court. She's a phenomenal athlete. She's a woman of color. I understand what women of color have to go through. People hating on you just because you're black. She doesn't have to go through the same stuff that Martina Navratilova had to go through. That 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 Chris Everett had to go through. There's a lot of vitriol directed at Naomi Osaka, especially when she decided to take some time off. Now, I'm a big fan of Naomi Osaka taking some time off. I think that what her and Simone Biles did with the whole concept of, although I'm an athlete, I'm not your personal property. And if I'm not feeling good, I have a right to say that I'm not interested, that I can take some time off, and that I don't have to be subjected to your thoughts, your feelings, your ego, all of those things. I understand that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that what both her and Simone Biles did is groundbreaking. I think that it's groundbreaking for these ladies to step up and say that we're going to focus on what's going on in our lives. And we don't owe you an apology. We don't, we don't, we don't owe you anything. And I support that. I support that. This is what I don't support. There's a growing theory that people are saying that because individuals like Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles have expressed that, that they don't like some of the media scrutiny that comes with being elite athletes, global iconic figures, public figures, well-paid figures. Naomi Osaka made 55 M's in 2020. She made $55 million. She's the, the, the highest paid female athlete in the history of athletics. But there's this growing thing that says, hey, if you're in the media, you, you ask her any questions. You're a bully. You're a racist. You're a sexist. You're a horrible person that should be tarred and feathered and ostracized from society. And I don't buy that. So earlier in the week, Naomi Osaka was in an interview and she was asked what I felt was a very reasonable question. It was uh, a gentleman. I'm, 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 I'm reading from the USA Today. An exchange between Paul Daughtry from the Cincinnati Inquirer about her relationship with the media 
with the four-time Grand Slam champion occurred after Osaka took several pauses to answer a question on Monday. The moderator offered to move to the next question, but Osaka insisted on answering. So he asked her, quote, you are not crazy about dealing with us, meaning the media, especially in this format, yet you have a lot of outside interests that are served by having a media platform. I guess my question is, how do you balance the two? Now, many of you just go to the clickbait that's on Facebook and Instagram. So you didn't hear the tone. He was very polite. He was very professional. And he was doing his job as a media person. It's his job. This is her first interview since taking time off. Didn't really play that well in the Olympics. That's fine. It's her right to take time off. But this is her first public interview. He said, hey, politely. I know that you don't like doing these interviews, but you do have a lot of platforms that benefit from media influence. She got into her answering the question and she had to take some time off and she started crying and she walked off the stage because she started crying. Now, Lance J is not saying, hey, there you go. There's a woman crying. That's a sign of weakness. She's weak. It's a scam. I'm not saying any of that. It's obvious that she struggles with those type of interviews. She doesn't like to do them. They're not pleasant for her. She has anxiety. It's very clear. She stutters. She stammers. I was talking about she gets the cotton mouth. It's very clear that she doesn't like to answer these interviews. That said, the cascading things that I saw on social media about, I saw that, that her, her agent called the the. The reporter a bully. The, the reporter was very polite and professional. You have to ask that question. That'd be like me interviewing Joe Biden and saying, hey, this Afghanistan, Afghanistan situation is kind of a Charlie Foxtrot. You have to ask, as a journalist, legitimate questions that are pertinent to the situation. I feel bad that, that Naomi Osaka cried. I mean, like I said, I love her. She has her own Barbie doll. She's, in my opinion, a hero to many young girls, especially young girls of color that want to be athletes. But you don't get to say, and I'm not saying she's saying this, but people to advocate, you don't get to call me a bully or a sexist or a racist or someone that hates black women. You don't get to Kevin Samuels me because I'm a reporter and I asked Naomi Osaka a legitimate question in polite tone and scream. She, did, the, she was not being screamed at by the reporter. The reporter was not being rude to her. He asked a very basic question. He offered to move on when she struggled to answer it. And that's where I draw the line. She's a multi-millionaire because of the media, because of the contract that the WTA has. That's why she's rich. That's why she gets the marketing opportunities that she gets because of the media, because of the platform, because of the television. And, be, and, and based on that, she's required to make herself available to, to the media in 15 to 20 minute increments. If she doesn't want to do that, then she shouldn't be playing tennis. That's the bottom line. She should take time, either decide that she can deal with it or decide that she can't deal with it and do something else for a living. But she should not get preferential treatment and be exempted just because you think that she's, quote, black girl magic, she doesn't have to do her obligations. I don't support that. It's not racism to ask her about her past. Now, I know that there's, there's stuff going on 
um, her father's from Haiti, and there there's this terrible earthquake in Haiti, and death and pestilence. So I get that there's emotion there, but but you don't get to tap out just because you don't want to do something. And I and I implore people that think that that someone's a racist or a reprehensible person just because they ask their question. You need to stop and grow up. That's that's not how sports works. Simone Biles. When people are sitting courtside at the Lakers and getting sponsorship deals and getting checks, I don't see people complaining about the media being too intrusive. Them, if you want to be a public figure and you want to have the accolades, you're going to have to deal with some of that. And if you don't, nobody's holding a gun to your head. You could do something else for a living, especially when you made 55 M's last year. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. You don't know me. Probably never will. But I need you to do something for me. Something? that could literally change everything. You'll never get a thank you card, and yet I need you to do it. And if that weren't enough, I need you to do it as soon as you are able to. If you do this for me, I'll do it for you. And for every single person you love. Deal? This is our shot to leave COVID behind.